So today we have the pleasure of having our friend Dan Newman here with Channel 2. Um, Dan is, is going to talk to us about some cool things he's got going on. But Dan, if you could give a real quick intro, just who you are, what you do, and, and, and you know what it is that you're doing with your time and your work right now. Absolutely. Well, first off, thank you very much for, uh, for having me with you guys here today. Appreciate the time. And uh, basically, uh, my, ba- my backstory is uh, born and raised Anchorage, Alaskan, 31 years. Um, beautiful family. I have a, a lovely wife. We've been married a little over a year and a half now. Um, two boys, Anthony, he's 10, Xavier, he's two. Xavier runs the house. And uh, I am a uh, advertising media sales rep for uh, Northern Lights Media. That is the uh, company that owns uh, Channel 2, Channel 5, the Justice Network, Antenna TV, and a lot of other uh, digital services. So basically, a media company that uh, any type of screen that there's an audience on, we do uh, we help our clients grow and reach those right amount of eyeballs. That's awesome. Okay, so so and then you said you're also uh, you recently got into the auctioneer business. Yeah, that's correct. I, I also uh, just graduated from the Missouri School of Auctioneers and uh, got that certification. So looking to expand my my sales skill set and uh, have another opportunity to help people. Um, I guess grow and, and gain some finances uh, through either benefit auctions or you know business liquidations through I don't know you name it. If there's an opportunity to sell it via auction, that's going to be another skill that I want to be able to have in my my toolbox of of sales repertoire. <laughs> that's gotcha. very interesting. So one of the goals I have today is to get you to speak like an auctioneer on air with us. Okay. Uh, one of my other intentions is is never settle radio. We always have our guests talk about what that means to them. Sure. So so really quickly, what does that mean for you in your life? So for me, never settling is, is all about goal setting. Um, I've always been, I guess, brought up with the mentality or the, uh, the mindset that, um, it, you, you know, it's never good enough to just be complacent because the second you stop lo- uh, growing, the second you stop learning or evolving yourself or your craft, um, that's that's kind of when you start fading away, you start dying, right? So um, for me in my career, um, I, I've i been with Channel 2 now for over 12 years, wow. and uh, and I plan on being with them for, for quite a while to come. So um, basically started out um, right out of high school. Um, I'm not your average typical uh, college success story because I never went to college. So um, I went to the King Career Center. Uh, I did a radio TV production class there, and that afforded me the opportunity to get an internship at Channel 2. And uh, so I uh, did that for, I think, my senior year. And uh, when I graduated, I guess I didn't screw it up enough because they hired me on full time. <laughs> so I, uh, I did about four and a half years in the operations and engineering department. So everything with regards to um, running and producing uh, newscasts, uh, with the technical aspect of operating cameras, uh, running the live van, doing master control, um, audio and video play out. And, uh, and then um, it got to the point where I found myself kind of reaching my, my peak, my ceiling as far as I wanted to go with regards to that side of the business. And um, it was actually my wife. Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time, but we were good friends. She was a news producer. Um, she told me, you know, you talk a lot and you know a few people you know why don't you just give like sales a shot and um i had done some sales jobs here and there you know i sling cell phones out of costco during high school and Mm -hmm. you know sell hats at lids and sunglasses at sunglass hat there was a point in time where i almost lived at the mall because my ships shifts overlapped so i'd go from one job to the next i've done a few odd jobs here and there and uh and so i was like all right well let's let's see what's up so in uh in 2010 uh, a sales position became available so I uh, I cut my hair, put on a suit and tie, said, "Give me a shot, right?" You know, it's 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 advertising. How hard can it be? <laughs> Which, uh, unbeknownst to me, was very hard, <laughs> very very steep learning curve. Um, it's it's not like retail sales uh, by any means. People aren't coming to you. You don't have a tangible product. You're going out there, and um, you have to find that business. You have to build those relationships. You have to grow that. And uh, and so basically, it's going out and and educating clients on the benefits uh, of advertising, how to do that effectively, how to not, you know, for the, the metaphor that I use is just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? Mm-hmm. People want to see that they're spending X amount of dollars and in return, they're getting X amount of profit or, or whatnot back for it. So whether that's clicks on a website, whether that's eyeballs on a commercial for branding and helping increase their top of mind awareness or their market share, um, they, they want to make sure that their business is growing, they're getting new clients, they're getting new patients, they're getting new um, customers. 
and uh, and that I'm helping them do that successfully. So, um, kind of buying into the um, the farmer's mentality versus the hunter's mentality, where you're not in there every day just going out and trying to hunt that one kill that's gonna just feed you for the night. It's for me in my mindset, the way I positioned it was about um, starting and growing and building relationships. So as a commission-only media sales rep, um, you're not going to make it very long in the industry if you're out there just trying to sell people, right? No one likes to be sold. Everybody likes to buy things, but no one likes to be sold. Mm -hmm. So you're out there trying to help them purchase the most effective means of advertising for their business. And and advertising can be so many things nowadays. I mean, there's so many different ways to cut that marketing pie. Um, So finding the right piece that's going to fit their business and help them see a good return on their investment so that they can be successful and grow and then continue to be able to afford to advertise correctly and effectively, that's... That's kind of how I've positioned it and uh, and grown myself and my business and helped my clients be successful over the years now. Your sales rep, you first started in operations and kind of grew into that sales rep, and uh, you've been doing that for several years now, it sounds yeah. like, right? Yeah, yeah. Been in the industry a little over 12 years now. Okay, 12 years. That's quite some time there at KTUU. Should love you. But uh, you were talking to us about sales, about what you do, how you establish sales, building relationships in the community. And uh, I've been to a couple networking events with you, Dan. Dan, we walk <laughs> in the door, and everyone knows who you are. Yeah. You you are known in the community. You have quite a network built out. You have been successful with building your relationships and being able to sell the marketing and educating your clients with what that does. So do you mind just jumping into kind of like what that looks like, kind of what, what you're involved in, how you built out that network, and, you know, how you kind of got that start in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. First and foremost, I guess, thank you for the recognition. Um, I, I do like to try and, and stay relevant in, in people's minds. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and you, it, in sales, it's a numbers game, right? you got to be in a million places at once. And then hopefully when the time is right, someone remembers who you are, what you do, and how to get a hold of you. That's my little motto there. So um, for me, it's 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 really been about getting out there and, uh, and staying top of mind for people. And I've done that a, a few different ways. So um, my biggest thing uh, is through networking. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you don't want to just be networking. You want to be the network king, right? The king of your network in that you are that main person that stands out in people's minds for what you do. So there's there's a lot of people uh, in, in all of our industries, right? There's no person that's just that one guy that does that one thing. There's going to be competition. And so it's how do you set yourself apart from your competitors? What's going to make you um, be the person that people go to and remember? So, um, when I started in sales, there was a few different things that I immediately jumped into that helped accelerate my career and got me to the point where I'm at. And, uh, a lot of that was, was joining some different, uh, organizations and some different networking groups that helped me, um, grow my reach and, uh, my, my circle or sphere of influence and, uh, and help me be successful. So, um, right, uh, you know, a month or so after I joined, uh, the sales department, I joined an organization called BNI. Okay. Stands for uh, business networking international. It's all about um, direct uh, business to business uh, referral networking, uh, where you've got one specific person per classification in each chapter, and the sole purpose of getting together every single week is to build relationships, uh, pass business back and forth between the members, and um, kind of grow and expand your your network. So. Say, for instance, our chapter, we've got 40-plus different business professionals. And I say different because every single one has a different business classification. Mm -hmm. And we're building relationships with the sole purpose to refer each other when possible. And and we meet with each other again every single week. So we've got that credibility. We've got that rapport. We've got that trust that you need um, in a community like this where you've got one degree of separation. And you need to be able to have that person in your back pocket that you can call upon. So um, that was one of the key things for me because it got me the opportunity to – Maybe not have to as much, you know, pick up the phone and dial for dollars. Where mm-hmm. it's, hi, it's Dan with mm-hmm. Channel 2. Want to talk about advertising? Click. Like, no one wants to hear that. Um, but it got me the opportunity to sit one-on-one, face-to-face with, you know, 30, 40 other business professionals, tell them about who I am, what I'm about, how I can help them, and then in turn learn about who they are, what they bring to the table, and how I can keep them top of mind and refer business to them. So um, that philosophy of BNI is, uh, is giver's gain. The more business I give to members in my chapter, the more they're going to want to give business back to me, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of that golden rule that we were all taught as a child, how to you know, treat others how you want to be treated. So that's just applied to a uh, to business mindset. Okay. So that's, that's one of the things I did there. Um, right the other on. thing that I did was uh, get involved um, with uh, my local Anchorage Chamber of Commerce. Okay. So the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce is a phenomenal organization. Um, you've got literally hundreds, if not thousands of people that attend 
all sorts of different functions. So um, there's no product exclusivity there. So mm-hmm. you really you get out of it what you put into it in terms of the different events you can attend. Um, I myself kind of just I, if I find something I like, I'll, I'll jump in with both feet and just dive in. And uh, and so I joined the ambassador committee, which is kind of the volunteer committee of the uh, the Anchorage Chamber that helps out at the different events with uh, regards to networking and reaching out to new businesses and um, being that wallflower committee at the networking events. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of people will say, Dan, like, I, I feel like everybody knows you is because I make it a goal to be on that wallflower committee where if I'm at a networking event and I see somebody that's just standing there in the corner just kind of looking or feeling awkward, um, I remember what that was like. So I don't want somebody else to feel that way. So I'll make an effort to go up, introduce myself, you know, learn about who they are, what brought them there, see what their goals are, why they showed up, and see if I can, you know, help get them integrated, help get them introduced to the community that's yeah, around them. Definitely, because um, you know it's it is a great community, but you have to you have to know people, you have to get involved, you have to feel like you're a part of it mm-hmm. um, to be able to grow and to be successful. So getting on that ambassador committee, um, and then within the last few years, uh, getting involved with the uh, the YPG group, the Young Professionals group. Okay. So that's a, a relatively new... Is, uh, is there an age cap on that? There is not, no, actually. Okay. So <laughs> the 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 average demo that you'll find at a Young Professionals group is 21 to 39. Okay. But we are by no way, shape, or form, like, carting people at the door. Um, so you can be young or young at heart, and uh, feel free to show up to any of our events. We have lots of different monthly events from a regular business meeting the second Tuesday of every month from 4 to 5 at the Anchor Chamber boardroom. Um, we do a quarterly uh, social uh, after dark mixer at a different venue. Um, we'll do a networking luncheon the last Friday of every month at a different restaurant around town uh, from 1130 to 1. Um, everybody shows up. You know, everybody, everybody goes Dutch. You pay your own way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about covering some other dude's $40 steak or anything like that. And, uh, and it's all about just getting out there and, and rubbing shoulders with other worthwhile contributing members in the community that are trying to do the same and, and get to know people. So um, I'm actually the events coordinator for the uh, Young Professionals Group, so I help plan those events. Um, we've got a big one coming up here uh, March 30th and 31st. That's going to be the uh, third annual um, Anchorage Chamber of Commerce Young Professionals Summit. Okay. So it's a two-day event, um, eight to five both days. We're going to have a keynote speaker um, uh, who's flying in from town. Dude's full of energy. Um, and Do we, uh, can, can you tell us who that is? Or is, I, there, is that still? I, I believe I think it's uh, Adam James. I believe is his okay. name. Okay. I hope I didn't screw that up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wasn't involved with booking the keynote, but uh, from the YouTube videos that I've seen, the dude's on fire. He's going to bring a lot of energy to the to the conference, and uh, so he'll do a keynote presentation on Friday, and then he'll do a work uh, a workshop breakout session on on Saturday. Gotcha. Uh, and there'll be lots of other keynote presenters uh, locally here from town. Um, lots of different panels to speak on both entrepreneurship tracks and then uh, professional development. So the uh, the theme is um, upward trajectory for uh, professional career and self. So okay. focusing on those different uh, um, focuses for individuals. So that's awesome. Yeah, so it so sounds like I mean you got I mean I know that you're part of Rotary as well. BNI, yep. YPN, is that right? Oh uh, YPG, yeah, YPG, Young Professionals Group, uh, Chamber of Commerce. Just just tons of <laughs> networking events here in town. Yeah, I haven't even dived into Rotary for you yet. Yeah, I'll do so. That. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's awesome to hear that, you know, and that's definitely going back to that uh, relational, you know, building those long lasting relationships, exactly. especially in, in Anchorage where we have, you know, we not that we do things differently, but it is more of that relational versus, you know, other places where, you know, the town's so dynamic or, or different from Anchorage. We're just a little bit of older and kind of do things that way. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to get into today is... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna shoot some guns off here. So Jerry Feta, um, he's more of that hunter, where you're talking more of the farming when yep. it comes to marketing and when it talks to you know sales approach and stuff like that. So I'd like to get some back and forth here, just you know pros cons, what you guys see work for each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just see just see some differences here. I think it would be some good you know uh, difference of ideas and stuff like that. Absolutely. And so you know Jerry, jump in whenever you you know you got a chance here. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to do a power clink first, though. Boom. Got you, brother. We get that on the mic. (laughs) Yep, we got that. (laughs) Cool. And then I wanted to hit with you today really the importance as well of um, advertising, promoting. Um, You know, I've seen, you know, just in my daily business and talking with you as well, um, certain people really get that and they link into it. And then I do also see there's, you know, individuals that they shy away from it. And um, so I'd like to get just kind of your opinion on like what the importance is and, and how someone starts getting into talking about themselves, promoting what they do. Um, and like you said, doing it in a way where it's not, 
uh, you know, slick and it comes off where, you know, people aren't getting it and aren't engaging with it. They realize, hey, this guy can help me. This right. is the value that's there. With yeah. the, with the, the, the used car salesman kind of thing. That's, that's yeah. you know, for, you know, not knocking any car salesman. But I've met is, some very nice that, ones, there but there's the impression. There's definitely some great ones. But yeah, yeah, that is one of those things that, you know, no one likes the vulture that's just out there to sell them something. Would the list for reasons to not advertise actually be shorter? <laughs> I, I, w- I would say so. Okay. Yeah. But but we'll go actually with the first one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so reasons to advertise yourself. I mean, the, that is very long. <laughs> <laughs> it would be shorter. Uh, basically, it is. It is. You want to you want to stay top of mind for people. Mm-hmm. You want to be educating your clients or your potential prospects on on who it is um, that you're trying to be a benefit for, right? Exactly. Um, so. So you want to stay top of mind. You know what is that? There's so many different sales statistics where it takes three or five or twelve touches uh, with a, with a prospect before they'll actually you know make a decision or remember who you are or even answer a, a message kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So so staying you know that that frequency is, is definitely a key thing. So when I when I sit down with clients, it's all about reach and frequency in terms of uh, an advertising campaign. Meaning um, the reach is is how many different people can I can I get in front of. Um, so how many different, uh, eyeballs or, or eardrums or clicks can I potentially, uh, garner within my, my marketing area? Um, and then the amount of frequency that you can hit that audience with. So, um, frequency, uh, the way that I try to explain it to people is not just, you know, the number of spots that you're going to have on TV, for instance, because, um, I like to use the analogy of you can be standing in the middle of the you know, Sullivan Arena that holds what six, seven thousand people there, and uh, you can have all twenty-four hours of the day to yell your message over and over and over again. But if there's nobody in that arena, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that that arena is packed. You want to have that different amount of uh, people there that you can reach with that message, and then hammer it down over and over and over again. Um, and and hopefully you're doing it in a way so that you're not droning on and then kind of getting to a point where. Uh, it's monotonous. Hopefully, you've got a new and different message that you're putting out there, and educating people on different aspects or different facets of your your business or your um, yourself that you can be memorable for. And so, um, you know, there's going to be different things that resonate with different types of people and the different uh, personality types that are out there. So, you know, just because you say something one way doesn't mean that it's going to you know click with that guy. But if you can figure out a different way to pitch it. If you can figure out a, way, a different, you know, aspect of your business that would be uh, beneficial for for somebody, then that might resonate with a different kind of mindset or a different person that you're trying to get out there. So, um, so yeah, when it comes to advertising, again, it's it it really would behoove anyone to not just for themselves or for their business, but in general to to always be doing it. And there's ways to do it, you know, again, more effectively or more efficiently or more, you know, cost wise that can help them. So um, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, I've got a, a niece that can do it on Facebook for me, you know, and that that's cool. But at the end of the day, does she know how to effectively put together a marketing calendar for you? Do you know what kind of metrics that you're going to be tracking in terms of engagement? You know, um, you know, how frequently or what times of the day that you should be posting? Do you know what you should be posting? I mean, there's so many people out there that don't kind of know that social media 101 on what's appropriate, what's not, you know, what's going to you know get people to respond, what's not. And, and even sometimes, you know, what's uh, allowed, you know, there's a lot of policies on these social media networks that you have to follow or else they'll block you and you get blacklisted and it's a pain in the butt or a nightmare to even try and get back on their radar. Mm-hmm. Um, Google is a big one for that. So if you're not following like Google's um, policies, then you get blacklisted. You might as well just have to start a new site basically kind of thing. So um, those are the benefits um, to knowing how to hire the right people to do that for you. Um, and so, you know, free is not always free. It's going to cost you your time, a lot of things. And so mm-hmm. what's your time worth hiring the right people that can do that and save you time and effort and bring you that industry knowledge. Um, and then, growing from just, you know, the free quote unquote stuff to, um, building it up into more of the paid media. So whether you're doing print or radio or TV or a combination, of all of the above kind of figuring out a, a marketing plan or a campaign that's going to, uh, effectively move the needle for you in whatever direction you're trying to reach, um, and make sure that you're tracking effectively where those new business sources are coming in for you. So, is that a good in a nutshell for why you yeah. should advertise? There we go. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so, Dan, I wanted to ask you on the advertising 
should someone talk about their product? I've heard, you know, you shouldn't and you just, you drip on people and you build the rapport and the relationship. And I've also seen the side where, hey, you need to make sure people know what, what you do and, and how they can get involved. What's your opinion on that? Oh, I absolutely think that people should talk about their products. I mean, just don't do it in such a way where, where you're coming off as that guy that's just trying to jam it down people's throats. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's it's all about you know how you can be a resource uh, or an asset for people. You know, why would people want to buy from you? Um, everybody's got a, or most people have a need in one way, shape, or form. Hopefully, for your product, right? So it's it's educating them on the benefits of what you do or, you know, what you're selling then and how that could be, um, useful for them or maybe somebody they know. So it's not always just that person that you're talking to, but it's also their sphere of influence that you have to keep in mind. So, um, so yeah, talking about, you know, what you're selling in a way that it's, it's, uh, helpful for people, that's that's the way that I kind of position it. So you're always out there. For me, I'm always out there um, with that farmer's mentality where I'm, I'm planting seeds wherever I go. And uh, and you never know when you plant that one seed what it might, you know, grow into. So um, you're always taking, you know, or I'm always keeping in mind that I'm trying to nurture and grow and build those relationships wherever they may come from because, you know, someday it turns into that mighty timber that is, you know, your, your flagship number one person or a client or account that... Uh, that you know, it just so happened to be at the right place, right time, and then you took care of them, and then they take care of you. I like that. So, so you're saying that um, if I'm understanding this correctly, it's very easy for people to talk feature, 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 feature. This is what I do. This is what it, you know. All of those things, and then miss the benefit. What does it do for Dan? What does it do for Matt? Yeah. How is it going to help? Yeah, that, that what's in it for me mindset is is what's going to make people usually buy something. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I mean, talk about what you do or, or what it is that you offer that's going to be of benefit to that person and, and how you can help them be successful with what you have to offer is, is kind of the way that I go about it. Okay. And then what, what do you think holds people back from promoting and advertising? You probably see people that really get it. And like I said earlier, people that maybe shy more away from it. Mm-hmm. What do you think that mental block is? The biggest thing that I come across is, is people that don't know how to do it effectively, and then also the ones that um, think it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. So um, there are companies that spend very, very little on on advertising, but they still do it, and they do it very effectively, and they know how to track it, and they know how to put the right messages out there in front of people and the right people to get the results that they're looking for. And then there's companies or agencies or corporations that spend you know tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of advertising. Um, but for the most part, they're doing that effectively, and, and they're doing that very well also. And they've gotten to that point where they can do that because they've been effective and they've been strategic and smart about how they're doing it. So, I mean, you know, we just got done with the Super Bowl, prime example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at uh, a four-hour time frame where you're reaching millions of people, and some companies are spending millions of dollars to to do that because they feel that they have an opportunity to put the right message out there in front of an audience that at that specific time is very receptive to commercials. Um, you know, that sometimes you'll find, I'll, I'll go out and say it, somebody like me who's not into sports as, as much as, you know, the, the next guy. And I could care less which two teams are in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, but I care about watching the commercials because yeah. that's you know the fun thing to do for the Super Bowl. You, know, you get together with friends, um, you have some good food and some good drinks, and you you know you enjoy the uh, you know you enjoy the football game. It's a good game to watch. Um, but a lot of times you sit there and you, you actually pay attention and watch the commercials because it's been hyped up, it's been built out, and uh, and companies and corporations they know that and they'll spend the money to do that. So. Um, getting back to your question with regards to you know what is it that prevents people from advertising, um, a lot of people think that it takes tens of thousands of dollars to put together an effective advertising or media campaign. Um, and so my job is to go out there and educate them that really it doesn't. I mean, um, realistically, if, if you get to the level of wanting to do like TV advertising, you're probably going to need you know, a couple thousand dollars per month to do it effectively to get enough reach and frequency for your message um, for it to be effective. Um, because unless it is a Super Bowl spot, if you throw just one commercial on the air, it's a needle in a haystack, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not going to get the return you're looking for. Um, so I like to use the analogy of of the guy that wants to go to the gym for like one month and think he's going to get a six pack, right? It's probably not going to happen. So you know, consider your advertising like your health plan for your business. The more you work it out, the more you put into it, the more you stay consistent with it, um, the better results you're going to see over the long uh, over the long term course of of your campaign. Mm-hmm. 
So um, getting people past that hump of, of realizing that when you're doing advertising um, or marketing correctly, it's it's not just a short-term stint, like, I just want to try this or I just want to try that. It's, okay, let's put together a plan that's going to you know take you six months, 12 months, a couple years down the road, figure out where you're at now, figure out where you want to be and how to effectively get there with the right message and reaching the right people and tracking the right metrics to make sure that it's effective for you. Okay. And then putting that right message out there because you can put all the spots out in the world, but if you say the wrong thing, then... <laughs> you turn people off at yeah, that point. Yeah, exactly. So like, what's what's an actionable thing? Like if someone is, is like, let's say they're looking at getting their business out there, they want to start making themselves known, like one simple actionable thing someone could go to now and, and start start doing that activity. Find something that you are passionate about and start going and attending a meeting or a group of that particular hobby or craft or fancy and and get yourself involved. Um, so if it's business, you know, go join a business networking group. If it's uh, religion, go and join a, a church. If it's um, uh, giving back and volunteerism, go join a service community like Rotary and get involved with those people and and you know, dedicate your time to learning about it, growing into it, and uh, and surrounding yourself with other people of that mindset that are also wanting to be on that same page and that want to to grow and be successful in whatever that interest is. Um, that's something that usually uh, doesn't cost a lot of money, uh, and it's really just going to cost you your time and your effort that you put into it. And uh, and you'll see that right off the bat usually pay greater dividends than if you were just going to go and you know spend a hundred dollars on Facebook every single month kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not that that doesn't work, but you know you get you got to grow into something like that and have the right network of people to be able to influence. Okay, so that makes sense. And it sounds like you're big on you know community, making sure that oh, yeah. making sure you're building the relationships, and then from there you yeah. you have the the right to start going in and talking about what you do and how it helps. I, I think so. I mean. It's kind of I, I I tell people that I want to make um, I want to make Alaska my cheers, you know, the state where everybody knows my name. Yeah, and so um, it, it is just the more people that you know and that you can trust and that you you know have good rapport and you can have good relationships with, um, then you, you become people's friends. You become somebody that is of benefit to them. So I've had plenty of times where it's like. Uh, hey Dan, I know that you don't know anything about you know fixing a car, but you know somebody that does, and because you're so ingrained in the community and you have uh, hopefully a good enough you know mindset or rapport with people, I can trust you to you know refer me to somebody that's worthwhile that can take care of me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I want to kind of hit your backstory. So you you did say you got into uh, you know channel two on the mm-hmm. operations side, worked your way into advertising. Um, that's a transition, and and correct me if if you if I'm wrong on this, but there that's kind of the story of climbing that ladder and making it through with the same company. Less and less of that's happening, yeah. and so that makes you almost an anomaly. Like you figured it out, and you're on <laughs> yeah. the right track. So like, I don't if, fit the stereotypical millennial. You know, every, changing a job every one to three years. Exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> so like, talk to me about that. Like, what does someone need to do if they want to find a a good company, the mm-hmm. right vehicle to spend their time, effort, talent on, and once they're in there, what do they need to do to really succeed and make it long term? Oh man. Um, so I guess I don't know how well I can speak to that because I've only been with the one company. But I guess what my company does really well is it it has that culture of excellence, that mindset of family, and they um, they invest in their people, right? So you want to find a company that's going to you know not just treat you like a number. You want to find a company that's going to take the time to train you correctly, um, give you the resources to succeed, um, help you get into the right networks, help you um, learn your craft and your product or your your service to a degree that's going to set you apart from your competitors. Um, and you always uh, should be setting goals for yourself within that. So um, whether it's a sales goal, whether it's a professional development goal in terms of the amount of education you want to you know, set for yourself and what you want to learn, um, whether it's a number of, I don't know, different people that you want to meet or organizations that you want to join, uh, setting goals for yourself that are going to help you grow and advance and, and excel in your career. Um, for me, um, I am in sales, so I have a quarterly sales goal and an annual sales goal that I always have to set and meet and grow and try and uh, you know generate that revenue for my station. Um, but I'm also balancing that with my clients' goals and how they need to be able to set their budgets and help them be effective. So um, 
not trying to nickel and dime people where it's not going to be beneficial for them. Uh, instead, going out and finding new clients that I can help them be successful to work towards that goal and then help them grow and expand. So um, it's a lot easier to um, service the clients that you already have than it is to go out and find new ones. So making sure that you're taking care of your uh, your established clients and helping grow them and be successful while at the same time going out and, and helping you know, the company and finding new clients and always having that, that funnel of, of people in your network that you're kind of helping out and servicing. Cause there's always going to be natural attrition, especially in advertising. I mean, things are seasonal. Um, you know, sometimes businesses come and go, they close, they open. Um, Alaska in particular is a very transient society. So you'll have a lot of things that are tied to certain industries like oil and gas or the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times you'll see businesses come in and out just because people move and go kind of thing. So, um, always keeping that that funnel fed and and trying to make sure that you're out there looking for new people to go out and help uh, be successful. Okay. And I sense in that like a message of consistency. So like you're working with your current clientele, you're making sure they're serviced. Mm -hmm. And and then you also kind of went back to those seeds you're planting. Correct. Uh, What in your life, what moments like helped you develop that mindset? I feel like consistency is one of those people, one of those things that many people struggle with and maybe have some lack. Yeah. um, That's a good question. I, What helped me be consistent? I guess just seeing people not do that and then then not being around long term. Um, I, I kind of gravitate towards people that are in whatever profession or craft or, or group that they're in that, uh, that have been there more long term and try and pick up on on what they're doing and why they've been around for as long as they have been and and figure out what it is that helps them be uh, successful. And a lot of that is consistency. So, um, I, I guess I don't have a one particular answer for that other than, um, you know, surround yourself with, you know, the people that you want to be like. And so I've, I've kind of tended to gravitate towards those groups and organizations and individuals that have been around for a long time and, and have that, that mindset or that, that culture of longevity and, uh, and then kind of pick up on the different things that they're doing and, and try and emulate that to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. So you have, do you have different, uh, I guess, mentors or people that you, that you have in that space that you can look at and say, all right, this is, mm-hmm. this is what they're doing. I can see it's working. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it comes, um, depending on what it is that I'm looking at, um, there's people that I go to, for instance, in rotary. Mm-hmm. So that's a service organization. You're not going in there, you know, trying to sell yourself and pass out business cards and, and talk about what you do. So for me, when it came to, okay, I've, I've been in sales for a long time. Um, I want to join something that gives me that ability to give back to a community uh, and I guess to a world. It's an international organization that has afforded me so many great opportunities. How do I get involved with something like that? And how do I uh, give back? And so I came across Rotary and immediately kind of just, you know, latched onto a couple of the key guys and ladies in that group that had been around and had been doing it for years of, you know, decades and, uh, and figured out what it was that made them passionate about it and why they continue to be a part of that organization. And I learned about all the great things that Rotary does. I mean, for us here locally, uh, Anchorage South Rotary, we do things like um, give a dictionary to every third grader in Anchorage School District. Um, we raise funds to help support the American Cancer Society. Um, we read to students at Chinook Elementary. Um, we, man, we've built, what did we build? We've built uh, a long jump pit, and we've built uh, uh stadium risers at a, a local elementary school. And um, I don't know if you've seen those little uh, pop-up libraries, those take a book, leave a book kind of little things that mm-hmm. you'll see in some of those neighborhoods. We build those around town. Um, so Rotary does so much um, here locally and internationally. I mean, it was you know founded over 100 years ago to help end polio. So that at this point has been, I think, over 99.9% eradicated, except for maybe a few cases in like Afghanistan or like northern, you know, Uganda or Nigeria, where it's very remote and it's hard to get to. They've had a couple of cases maybe reported there, but almost everywhere else it's been eradicated because of the efforts of, of Rotary. Uh, and they do a lot of water projects um, throughout different countries and things like that. And we have exchange student programs where, you know, we send our children off to learn about different cultures and we bring other children from around the world to learn about ours and help them grow and expand their network and teach them what it is to have that mindset of service above self and helping out and giving back to, you know, those that maybe aren't able to giving them a hand up kind of thing. So, um, so in that aspect, you know, just figuring out what Rotarians in my club 
were doing that made them want to stick around and and it was finding that one or two different things that really kind of resonated with them and 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 then getting involved and showing up and always having that that yes attitude where if somebody asks you to help you know don't make excuses just do it right just go Mm -hmm. out and just make yourself available and and help out because that's what you joined for kind of thing so do you see a lot of correlation between people that do well you know in in rotary and in some of these volunteer groups versus people that do well in business Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess it, it does It does tie back to community, right? If you're out there and, and you're helping people and you're doing these service projects and you're giving back, eventually someone's going to ask what you do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just kind of naturally people just tend to be curious about how you pay the lights, <laughs> keep the light yeah. bill on. And so, uh, and that leads into conversations as to like, you know, how did I find my realtor? Or how did I find my banker? Or how did I find my insurance guy? Because they were in the same kind of service organization sort of thing or same networking group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the characteristics too that, that make someone successful in business, you said, you know, being consistent, putting the work in, that, that's something that, that takes those same skills in that kind of a group. You know, if you're, oh, yeah. you're doing that kind of community outreach. Yeah, so these people aren't getting paid to go out and volunteer. A lot of times they are paying money. They're paying dues. They're coming out of pocket to, to help out and give back. And, uh, and they're investing, I guess, their, their time, their finances, their energy um, to, to help others. And so I think a lot of times that does translate really well to successful business people because they'll go above and beyond just what it takes to, to earn that sale in terms of that specific price point for their product or service. Mm-hmm. And, and those, those businesses that are, that are going above and beyond to service their clients or their patients or their whatever, their people that are bringing that business, um, they're helping them. Uh, more so than they're providing them more value than what it is they're probably getting paid for. We are going to branch off here a little bit. We're going to start talking a little bit about auctioneering. Sure. You know, so uh, I'm really interested in this, really want to know more about it. Um, I hear rumor that you're the up and coming benefit auctioneer to have. So that, that's the hopes. That's the that's what I've kind of invested some time and effort into recently, uh, having gone down to uh, the Missouri uh, School of Auctioneers and graduated with uh, you know professional auctioneer certification from that, and then getting involved with the National Association of Auctioneers and uh, looking at getting a benefit auction uh, specialist uh, designation as well. So um, I want to have another sales tool in the toolkit and uh, and auctioneering is a fun one that I feel like I can do well at because uh, you know there's a lot of organizations and and companies and nonprofit organ uh, charities that are always looking to raise money and so if I can help them do that via being their benefit auction specialist then you never know where that may lead to in terms of then helping them also with their their media and their marketing as well right on so why auctioneering would was that always like an interest to you it, it wasn't it's kind of funny I I always knew that I, um, you know, I like sales. It's fun to interact with people, and uh, and when it came to figuring out, you know, I nothing against like real estate guys, but there's so many of them, right? So I needed to hey, find now. my niche, I, and I didn't want to compete with a lot of guys, <laughs> right? Like I don't want to compete against Matt. Like he's good at what he does, and and I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm like selling against them. So. Um, I didn't know a lot of people in the auctioneer industry, and I figured that could be my niche, right? That could be my specialty that I could bring to the table. And with auctioneering, you can sell anything. Uh, you know, there's so many different auction industries. Whether you're doing a, a business liquidation, um, that's you know, you know, somebody's uh, closing down or somebody went bankrupt, or if you're doing a personal estate auction where, um, you know, heaven forbid, um, little Aunt Betty passes away and she's got this big estate, or um, Grandpa Joe's retiring and he's moving to Florida, and he wants to sell off everything, and uh, and there's different things like auto auctions and cattle auctions and heavy equipment auctions, uh, and then of course benefit auctions is going to be one of the my key focuses, um, where you've got these nonprofit organizations that are looking to raise funds for their organization so they can continue to do the good work that they do. Um, and so that kind of opened my eyes because it, it played well into what I do for advertising because with advertising, I don't just specialize with one specific industry. I mean, I've got different industries that I like to focus on that I do better in maybe than some others. Um, but uh, with, with regards to auctioneering, I feel like it is kind of like marketing where you can be the, the sales expert on everything, hopefully. Now, have you been able to tie those two in together? Do you auction marketing and so there's there's a lot of marketing that goes into an auction you have to be able to get people to your auction you have to be able to tell people to attend you know this 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 event that you're going to be hosting um so so for instance i've got one coming up here on uh, on march 2nd we're going to be doing the um 
first Friday event um, for SSP Studio Gallery, and we're doing a fundraising benefit auction for the American Cancer Society. So I figured, okay, we've got all these artists in town that are doing first Friday events. Why not let's turn one into an auction? So that's going to be one of my first up and coming gigs here, having graduated from auction school and see how that goes kind of thing. And then it grows from there. So there's a couple other ones that I've got in the books that I'm looking at, uh, you know, signing the contracts for and get involved with and then helping those organizations grow. And then if that turns into, you know, media relationships or advertising opportunities or marketing, you know, things after that, then fantastic. I think you definitely succeed in the interesting standpoint. I can't say I know a ton of auctioneers. Right. So now I think of you as like the advertising and media guy. <laughs> and in that space, like you're you're one of the more polished, professional, been around a long time, doing a good job. Thank you. And then you add the auctioneer on top of that. Bam. Hey. Dan Newman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I, I also do see like you're solving a major problem with that because one of the things that I talk to people about is sales. And one of the first things most people I talk to say is, I don't know how to sell. I'm not a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And so by helping with auctioneering, someone can hire you to come into an event and they can say, hey, I don't know how to sell. And, and you're taking that role for them. Is that pretty correct? Yeah, absolutely. So so in the course of like a benefit auction specialist, um, you're going in there and you're going to be, you know, the showman, the MC, the master of ceremonies and auctioneer all kind of wrapped into one. So you want to make sure that people are having a good time. You're bringing a lot of energy to the room, um, making sure that people know what they're bidding on, the value of things, and then, you know, helping them understand all the great causes that they're going to be uh, helping support through their uh through their bids and through the things that they're buying because all those proceeds are going to support that organization. Um, so bringing that mindset to the table. And so my, my, my spiel, my shtick when I'm talking to these different companies is, you know, if you hire me to be your benefit auction specialist, then I'm going to bring my energy, my network, my sphere of influence that, you know, is kind of bringing a new life, a new blood to the industry. Um, there's a lot of guys in town or they're not, not a lot of guys, just a few guys in town that have been doing it for quite a while. And they are, like spot on top notch. Um, but you know, maybe they get too busy and, uh, maybe they want somebody different. So then I want to be able to offer myself as an opportunity for those services and help get a foot in the door and and help these organizations grow and be successful. And maybe they spend a little bit less on the centerpieces that people can't see around each other anyways for, and spend a little bit more on the auctioneer and raise that much more money in their live auction. That'll help, um, help their events be successful. So there's, there's a lot more, it sounds like, that goes into auctioneering than I think most people realize. So to be honest, I grew up, uh, did some did like some rodeos I went to when I was little. Cool. So I, my, my impression, like the auctioneer is just a guy that can talk fast. <laughs> and so you were telling us like what went into that. So like what's the process look like to become an auctioneer? And then you were saying that there's a chant. You've got to get good at it and learn that so, too. Yeah. It's not just like I can talk fast. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, a lot of times it's, it's a better auctioneer maybe doesn't talk as fast if you can talk as clearly and you can understand, you know, what you're bidding on and, and know what the price is, know what the bid is, know what he's asking for. Um, and a good auctioneer knows how to engage the crowd and knows how to, you know, see the bids and he's got a good team around him and knows how to bring the right people to the event. Um, so, for, like, for me, the process was, okay, I decided I want to do this. I signed up to go to school, um, went to the school, learned how to run through the numbers back and forth, learned how to do the tongue twisters, learned about the auction industry and all the different types of auction services that there are available. Um, again, there's there's niches to be had even within the auction industry itself that people are just completely unaware of. So um, getting all that background, that education, that information under my belt has been invaluable. And, uh, and now it's just going out there and letting people know that that's you know, something that I can bring to the table for them. And, uh, a lot of stuff's moving online. You know, it's not just eBay. You can basically, you can host, uh, an online live auction. You can do a timed one. Um, and so bringing that kind of extra additional benefit to these organizations that otherwise didn't have it before and, uh, presenting that as an opportunity for them to help them be more successful with their fundraising events. Can you hit us with a chant? I can. What do you want me to sell? Let's bid off my coffee cup here. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, We've got ourselves here a fantastic, beautiful tin BMW sales cup. Ooh. Yeah? I All want right. it already. Yeah. All right. Who to give me a $10 bidder? I'm looking for a $10 bidder. Who to give me a 10 I need a $10 bidder now. 15 15 bidder. My favorite. $15 bidder now. 20 now. 20 $20 bidder now. 5 now. 5 $20 bidder. $25 bidder now. 30 now. $30 bidder now. 5 now. 5 $35 bidder. I'm looking at $35 bidder now. 4 now. $40 bidder now. 5 now. 5 bidder now. 5 $40 bidder now. 5 now. 5 bidder now. 5 bidder now. 5 bidder now. 5 bidder now. 5 Come on. Don't let him take that. It's a $5 bidder. $5 bidder now. $45 bidder now. 50 now. 50 now. $75, bid. He just outbid himself. $75, bid. Now $80, 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 now
2-2 in the fancy red pocket square. <laughs> That's incredible. So It's kind of fun. So you had to practice that, obviously, to get I, good I at that. I practice it every day still, yeah. I'll yeah. chant through the numbers in the shower. I'll do th- some tongue twisters. So there's a fun one that's uh, Betty Botter. So it's Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So she went and bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter better. So tis better. Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter, right? So then when you do the tongue twister, it's Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So she went and bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter better. So just better. Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter. And just keep chanting through that. Wow. Jeez. And you go through, you know, Tommy Tatums took two T's, time to the top of two tall trees. Tommy Tatums took two T's, time to the top of two tall trees. And then you run through your numbers. So it's like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, 100, 95, 90, 85, 80, 75, 70, 65, 60, 55, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Just running through your numbers. And the different sets, too. So fives, ten. So you got your fives, your tens, your quarters, you got your two and a half, two and a half now five, seven and a half now ten, twelve and a half now fifteen, seventeen and a half now twenty, twenty two and a half now twenty five, twenty seven and a half now thirty. Just running through those back and forth and kind of knowing it subliminally so that you can not have to worry about what's your next number gonna be, but you can also like watch the crowd and know, you know, where your bids are coming from and make sure that you aren't missing anything and you can also throw in some fun stuff like, you know, don't miss out on this bid or sir you're out and sir you're back in you got people that are working with you kind of thing so it's mm-hmm. kind of fun yeah so i hear kind of a rhythm there too is that part of it you got to yeah. get yeah you want to yeah. have a good rhythm i mean you want to be pleasant to listen to when you're auctioneering there's some people out there that maybe haven't figured out that rhythm or are just trying to rattle off and just be as quick as possible and after a while you're just going to wear on your crowd and it's not going to be pleasant to listen to and you're not want to going to stay engaged and involved and bid and so you want to have a good rhythm to it and have fun and know your numbers and know what you're selling and the value of things and and bring that extra i don't know salesmanship to the table Man, I'm st- I still can't get over how long that that bitter butter. Like butter? most most of the most of the riddles you hear are shorter, you know. Yeah, yeah that one that one took long. me a while, that one took me a while to remember. Uh, you know, so every morning we'd wake up and we'd go through our number drills and our chants, and that one took me about three four days of actually reading it off the paper before I got to memorize it. Yeah, and so then breathing is a big thing too. So just you know, making sure that you're mm-hmm. taking the right amount of breath and that you're not being too breathy and mm-hmm. a lot of times people just think that you're talking forever because you're hiding your breath you're breathing at places that you wouldn't normally breathe at so the natural thing for humans is to breathe at the end of a sentence whether it's a period or a comma so if you learn how to take breaths in different places that you wouldn't otherwise expect it subliminally people just think that you're talking forever and you're not breathing because you're just breathing at places or taking a breath that people otherwise wouldn't have thought you would be so you don't think about it that much so are you seeing, like, uh, as you learn this, are you seeing, like, crossover where you're improving, like, because of the stuff you're learning as an auctioneer, you're improving at your marketing job, you're improving Oh, at- yeah, yeah. I mean, so when it comes to promoting and marketing an auction, there's so many ways to get people to attend that. So it makes me think of, okay, if, if I'm promoting an auction in, you know, XYZ fashion and I want to get people to attend that, how could I also apply that to, for instance, like, you know, if I've got a furniture store and they've got a weekend sale, how do I help them be successful and get people into their doors at the same time, uh, you know, where it's a very limited time span and, uh, and add that sense of urgency and excitement and add that, um, you know, fear of loss in there to, to get people to act on, you know, I've got to get that sofa sleeper now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely some crossover there. Okay. So, so um, one of the things I'm hearing is just value. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if, if I'm working with you on marketing, you know, I'm getting someone that knows how to market from, from like a technical standpoint, you've done the operation side, you actually know what goes into that. And then you're also very successful at getting the message out and then your communication skills, doing the auctioneering. Mm-hmm. So like, is that for you, is that an intentional focus? It sounds like where you're looking at within your expertise, how can I continue adding new pieces of value, things that, like you said, make you different? Yeah. It, I think it ties back to the goal setting, right? How can I always set a new goal for myself like when it comes to sales that is going to set me apart and make me better and help me be more of a resource for or an asset for, for the people that I interact with and I deal with? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, when it comes to marketing or advertising, when it comes to auctioneering, those all kind of go into play hand in hand. And I think for me, very symbiotic in that one can feed off the other and help, uh, you know, people and, and benefit them and their companies or their organizations, you know, one way or another at a, one different time or place. Um, but it, it can all kind of 
tie into the whole big picture of, of working with me and what I bring to the table and how I can help them. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate like what I'm hearing from, from this is like, you're very good at tying those, like you said, symbiotic, you're doing rotary, you know, that that's helping rotary mm-hmm. at some point that's helping your business. You're doing auctioneering. Um, oftentimes our brains can try and get us to segregate, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm doing this. And that means I'm not doing this. So like, what are some like mindset switches that you've made? Or is that maybe just been natural where you've understood I'm not only doing one thing? Um, yeah. <laughs> like if you ask my wife, she's <laughs> just turn it off, Dan, just like, you're, you're home now. Just relax. But I mean, in reality, you're always kind of one thing is going to play off another. So, you know, chamber ties into BNI ties into rotary ties into channel two advertising ties into auctioneering. Um, I'm always, you know, trying to keep the plates spinning in the air and, you know, I'll focus, you know, the majority of my time with things that are, you know, keeping the lights on. And and if somebody needs help here and there, I'll do things to volunteer and, um, you know, get involved with, you know, other nonprofit boards. So I'm a board member of the American Cancer, or the, uh, excuse me, um, uh, American Red Cross, uh, Alaska chapter. And, and just, there's, there's so many different things that you can do to get involved. Uh, and for me, they're all kind of interconnected and, and tied together. So, um, you know, finding that balance and then also being that family guy and taking care of my boys and taking care of my wife. And it's, it's fun. It's life, you know? Yeah. So, so I, you just said it. I, I talk to a lot of people when I'm, when I'm coaching, th- you know, through building out retirement wealth, all this stuff. And it's like, um, almost like areas are taking from each other. And you said it is life. You yeah. know, you have, you have, so like, if somebody is trying to, I guess, make that transition from, hey, I do this and that means I can't be doing this also, what are some practical things that they can start doing to learn what you just described, the multitasking, intertwining, flowing things together? You pick one or two or three things and just schedule it out. I mean, so for me, uh, Thursdays are my big networking days. I always have every Thursday morning, I've got my BNI meeting and I've got my rotary uh, meeting at lunch. Um, and then every second Tuesday of the month, I've got the Anchorage Chambers Young Professionals business meeting. So I've got these recurring events that I kind of just segment out, you know, parts of my days, parts of my week, parts of my month that I know that they're always going to be there and I can, you know, fall back and rely on, you know, just consistently going to those things and always staying top of mind and helping out with those people uh, and those organizations. And I'm not going to be able to make every single one. Sometimes, you know, I might take a trip or I might have some conflicting things. Um, but, you know, just trying to stay consistent and, and setting side setting aside time for each of those things. Mm-hmm. So it does come down to prioritize, mm-hmm. put time to it, make time it management. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just making sure that you you follow up and say, you know, if you say you're going to do something, do something. <laughs> yeah, follow through. Yeah. So real quick, where can someone find you? Uh, let's see here. Dan Newman Marketing is a social media page that I've got. Um, you know, give me a call on my phone, 907-720-2700. It's always in my pocket and ready to go. Uh, or join me at some of these different organizations. So uh, like I said, our BNI chapter, we meet every Thursday morning from 8 to 930 at the uh, Megan Room inside Davis Constructors. Um, Anchorage Chamber of Commerce, if you go to anchoragechamber.org, they have an events calendar. I try and like attend 50% or more of those events. Um, Rotary, uh, Anchorage South Rotary, we meet every uh, Thursday from noon to one at Aladdin's Restaurant. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll probably see you at some sort of next marketing or networking or you know fundraising auctioneer event. So. All right, <laughs> I'll, get you, get I'll get you the cash for that, that thermos of too. I appreciate $85. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Dan. Hey, thank you. Appreciate your time, guys.